When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's a good question. Um, you see, GIF to me is the peanut butter. So I got to say mm. GIF, right? I'm a convert. I converted. So, so I it's GIF. over to GIF. Yeah, yeah. GIF. I yeah, but see, GIF. GIF, it wouldn't be Jiffy to be the peanut butter, or is it GIF? I think actually. it's just GIF. Isn't this like a... It is Isn't GIF. this a... Uh, um, More Mandela effect right now. What is the thing I'm thinking of? Uh, a Mandela effect? Everyone thinks yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's Jiffy, but it's not? <laughs> uh, Shout out Walking Jeff I know you guys had an episode. I'm looking is at it, it right now. It's Jeff. It's Jeff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with that note, uh, welcome to That's a Rap Podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. I'm and Jeff fans. And Jeff fans. And Jeff fans. And peanut butter and our crunchy or smooth peanut butter. Don't matter. Oh, it matters. Welcome. Um, uh, we have a special guest on tonight, and I, I just want to start off by saying that if you guys don't know who Adam Corsair is, if you guys don't know what South of the Six is, when we started, when Jay and I and Dre started this podcast, we were new to this game. We had no idea what the hell was going on. Uh, we just thought, like, hey, it's three guys just talking about Raptors, shooting the shit, and, and going for it. But we didn't know how vast and how popular uh, this this kind of medium would get. And one guy in particular uh, came to us and said, hey, you guys, are, I like what you guys are doing. Would you like to come on the South of the Six pod? Of course, we're like, oh, he's a Raptors fan. Um, we we would love to talk to a Raptors fan who lives in Toronto. Joke's on us. Hmm. Man, freaking Boston. Uh, and then from there on, we become friends uh, since since we started. And Adam, you are a, a legend in the Raptors Twitter sphere, in the atmosphere of Raptors podcast. And we're so glad to have you back and so appreciative to have you on the That's a Rap podcast. Adam, how you been, brother? I've been great. What do I say to that? What I what do I say to that? <laughs> I, I'm I'm sitting here kind of blushing. I'm 36 years old. And yours, I'm blushing. Man. Um, no, I, I really, I really appreciate that. I, I humbly do not consider myself a legend, but, uh, I appreciate the, the shout out and I appreciate the kind words. Um, I, I'm just a dude, man. I, 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 I don't know. I feel like the myth is that I actually know what I'm doing and what I'm talking about, but I really don't. So, um, I guess, I guess, thank you. Thank you for the, for the kind words. Thank you for, uh, always sticking with me. You guys have stuck with me and, uh, I've always believed in, and your show on the quality of it and you guys have never disappointed so uh it's an honor to be back on i should say back in the guest spot of that's a wrap and uh i can't wait to to get this rolling yeah and for those uh for those who who may have missed out on this i mean you were again you were in this game a lot longer than we were before we were and then you did take a bit of a hiatus and the great news is that you're back so I don't know. Can you can you kind of jump into why the hiatus, and then what what brought you to come back to bringing back South of the Six? Yeah, man, I'm an open book, so I, I have I have no secrets. Um, so uh, when we when I stopped South of the Six, um, I want to say it was heading into the 2020 21 season. Um, this was still I, I don't know if it was at the height of the pandemic because to me the height of the pandemic was probably when the NBA was in the bubble or shortly before that. Um, so heading into that season, it was still kind of rough and that that second large wave was approaching. Um, my wife and I uh, experienced a miscarriage, so that was pretty daunting for us. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. No, she, she's an open book about that. So if anybody listening to this wants to, to hear about that experience, she will talk to you about it forever. I, she is very brave when it comes to that, so I commend her. Um, 
but we weren't experiencing that. Uh, if anybody has a child just turning two, you know the difficulties <laughs> and the uh, and the stress level that's involved in raising a newly minted two-year-old child. Um, I was working from home all the time. Uh, we were getting a little bit of cabin fever. So I just had to handle things at home. And <clears throat> I, I think you guys can attest to this when it comes to you know, pretty much self-producing a show and, you know, rallying up guests, rallying up agendas, especially on a weekly basis to keep content flowing because we all know content is king. Um, mm -hmm. On top of working a job full time, on top of raising a two-year-old, on top of, you know, dealing with the things we were dealing with, um, it, it got to to the point where cuts had to be made. And of course, um, I can't, I'm not, and I won't cut out my family or yeah, the yeah. newly minted two-year-old <laughs> i have to, to cut out the hobby and the passion yeah. that was south of the six so um i think when i recorded the episode it was episode 200 i think when i recorded that saying that i'm going to step away um i do think if i recall correctly that i left the door open just in the event that you know if, if things change and circumstances change i'll be back and um you know making a long story and rambling shorter um Connor Chambers and I were talking at the start of last season. He's, he said, you know, you should really try to find the time and the methodology to bring this back. He said, if I can make it work, I will. I know um, at that time we just had our second child, and I'm a girl dad for life, it seems. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. No shame. No shame. Taking a test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love the challenge, man. I love it. It's the <laughs> best. Um, you know, he said, we should bring it back. If I can find the time and the opportunity, I certainly will. Just give me a year to sort of settle this out because I just have a newborn child and I know I'm going to be much in demand during this time. And so Connor and I corresponded on and off for about a year. And I think, Jay, I, 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 Jason, I don't know if I told you about it, but I think I said we we're going to bring this back in the 2022-23 mm -hmm. season. Um, and here we are. We, we said, wow. let's just roll with it. And Nice. Once the KD rumor came to be, we were like, okay, we have to go now, but it's going to sound like we just did this because of KD. And I cannot stress enough that that is not the case. This has been in the works for about a year, but because of, I will say, because of Kevin Durant, uh, it sort of kicked kickstarted uh, kick this and uh, made us go a little bit nuclear on it. So here I am back, and it's not a, a temporary thing. It is a, a quote-unquote full-time thing. So I am Well, back. that's great gotcha. to hear. That's Thanks amazing. Awesome. Well, again, yeah, I'm, you know, re really sorry to hear about what you and your wife had to go through, um, but it, it's good to hear that you're you're using this as a as a way to to talk about it. You're 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 being very transparent about it. And that that takes a lot of courage and bravery. So, kudos to both of you. And honestly, like we were, Jason and I were just bouncing off the walls once we heard. I think you had tweeted out like almost like a teaser, like we're coming back, and it was just yep. like. Oh, this mm -hmm. is happening. This is happening. And so, and oh, I to, got KD, man. To, to that point, you know, <laughs> you did say that way before the KD rumors, right? So there, there is proof out there in the Twitterverse that this was not KD related. It's true. And it's actually kind of funny because Jay, if you remember correctly, when we started, it was because of the Kawhi. Oh, trade. it was totally the Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, we totally started because of the Kawhi trade. <laughs> Yeah, I messaged you and that was it. And that's 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 history right there. So shout out for our friend also Connor Chambers, man. He's a he's a gem. He's such a nice person, brother. So I can't, I'm so happy that not only South of the Six is back, but both Adam and Connor are leading the way. Um, but that leads me to to ask uh, Adam, since you are a, a Boston native, a Toronto Raptors fan, we even saw you put up a Raptors flag uh, <laughs> during the playoffs. Uh, I just want, we all know that Boston went to uh, the NBA Finals last season. They lost in against Golden State Warriors, but that was a while since the, the Boston fans got a chance to be back into the finals since like, I don't know, like the Kobe, uh, maybe the Laker Boston series or yep. something like that. I remember Rajon Rondo was still in Boston. Something like that. It's yeah, it's it's been a while, and I just wanted to ask you, as a non-Celtics fan who lives around the the Boston area, how was the how was the atmosphere like? What like how the the feeling around Boston as a non-Celtics fan? If I have to put my finger on it, and I don't want to speak for Celtics fans because, um, in my experience with Celtics fans, they can be some of. No disrespect, but it's going to sound disrespectful. Some of the most overbearing and hyperbolic people, and when it comes to their teams, plural, um, that I've ever met. Now, 
The difference here, though, is the disparity is that when it came to the finals, it seemed like, at least to the people that I was talking to, that there was a lot of trepidation when it came to the Celtics. You know, when they progressed through the to the playoffs, they said, hey, we, we got past, what was it, Brooklyn, right? They swept them. Um, we got past Brooklyn. Okay, we're good. Like, w- w- I can live with this. And, and they were satisfied. I don't think the finals were ever on the radar until they got there. And once they got there, it was this sense of, I don't think we can beat Golden State. I don't think we can do it because they're just a juggernaut. Um, and of course, you had some of the fans chirping, you know, all oh, the refs are in their back pocket. The refs hate the Celtics, you know, whatever. Of course, but, of course. Yeah, it was, it was unapologetically homerism. But um, for the most part, they seemed pretty humble and they seemed to accept the loss as uh, as best as possible with the interpretation that this is still a young, growing team and it's a it's inevitable that they'll end up winning the championship at some point. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and and that's it. And you've seen it from the other side, right? As being a a Raptors fan and and witnessing what this was like three years ago. I, I feel like it's different from what Raptors fans were experiencing. We were feeling like, okay, we're here. We actually can beat. The Golden State Warriors. I remember having all this confidence. I think all, I think the two of you also had that same confidence. So it sounds like it was a bit different uh, than what what Boston fans are feeling. They, they, it, it sounded like Boston fans were more happy to be there and were already ahead of the curve here. Whereas Raptors fans, all season long, it was this is a championship team, and uh, you know they're kind of meant to be here. And now we're facing yeah. a team that we can beat. I think it was a little more situational, though, because the Raptors were kind of going through a phase where we knew that in the back of our heads, we kind of knew that Kawhi was going to be a rental. I don't I, like mm-hmm. it just maybe like 50 percent of us were like, oh, he's going to stay. But like the other fifth were like, OK, you know, we have to win. We have to try and win this championship. And for good measures, we 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 had a good chance of winning it. But for for Celtics fans, I feel like. The Celtics are a very good team. They're like a from the bottom up team, drafted team um, that are that went to the finals, and it's like more so. I'm happy to be here because eventually they might go back to it. I, is that is that kind of like the feeling around Boston, Adam? Yes. Yeah, I think the expectation is that the the Celtics are the favorite to walk out of the East, um, heading into the finals again. And yeah. given the yeah, state of the East right now. As much as it pains me to say, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I can't discount the Celtics anymore. Ever since the bubble series, I, I really have a hard time discounting them as legitimate threats to win the East. Um, but I also, as a result, I don't want to say a newfound appreciation for the Celtics because then I feel like I'm turning my back on the Raptors, which is something I will <laughs> never do. But I do feel that they have revealed to me a certain sense of character that wasn't really there in previous seasons. And I don't know if that's to do with the head coach. It might just be, um, but there, I think much like the Raptors back in 18, 19, the Celtics are a piece away. Right. And that's why the, the, Mm. the trade talks revolving Kevin Durant, they were chomping at the bit um, and getting ready to exile Jalen Brown out of Boston Mm -hmm. to get Kevin Durant. And if that were to happen, it still might happen. I mean, anything's possible. And if that were to happen, Mm. um, I cannot deny them as legitimate threats for the East, especially for years to come, not just this year. So them getting Brogdon already was a step above because they never really had a true point guard except for like Marcus Smart and Mm -hmm. like Kemba was there for a bit. But to get Brogdon for what they had, what they what they paid for is phenomenal. And then to have shoring up the, the bench with Gallinari. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm, this is not a Celtics podcast, but like there's, there's no way to not deny the fact that the Celtics are going to be good for a while. Yeah, and I think like all three of us, when we were doing our, our playoff predictions, Jason, all three of us chose Boston to make the finals, right? Yeah. Like I think we all kind of knew that, okay, this is the best defense in the league. They have, I know. I, and I agree with you, Adam. I, I it felt almost dirty. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't cheering <laughs> yeah, for yeah, them yeah. per se, but I was yeah. like, I respect this team. And that's not something I don't think Absolutely. I ever would have thought of coming out of my mouth. 
Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, but like Adam, you told you talked about the KD trades, and yeah, even you got you and Connor even started because started south of the six again because of the KD trade. Um, news went down yesterday about uh, DeAndre Ayton from the Phoenix Suns. He was uh, offered a very lucrative uh, offer sheet from the Indiana Pacers. Uh, however, the Phoenix Suns did match it as soon as they got or as soon as they offered the sheet. So I want to, Jay, actually, I want to ask you a question. How does that really work when all the other steps uh, go about? Like Aiton basically uh, can't, he can veto a trade now. Is that, is that? Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts to this. Uh, the biggest takeaway, at least from a Raptors fans perspective, is that Phoenix is ostensibly out of the running for KD for the time being. Um, so they Aiden was their biggest trade chip in terms of salary matching. Um, they can still offer a package without Aiden, but it's obviously a lot less enticing now, right? Imagine if the Raptors had mm-hmm. a package with Siakam and then they said, okay, we're going to give you the same package, but take out Siakam. And that's just think of how that sounds, right? So that's not going to be great. Um, right. So Phoenix no longer has a, a really great package. Um, what the sign and trade means is a couple of things that, you know, he is, uh, he had now has the power to veto a trade for up to a year. Same with uh, the ability to being traded. He cannot be traded until January 15th. Um, he cannot be traded to the Indiana Pacers for an entire year. Um, so there's a lot happening here and, and how mm-hmm. that went down. And really, it speaks to how Phoenix really screwed the situation up. Right, they didn't. So what you're saying is that a- Aiton uh, or the Phoenix Suns had to waited for someone else to offer Aiton a max, and then said, "Uh, we don't want you to go for nothing, so we're gonna we're gonna match that offer, but uh, now we can't trade you until January 15th." Here's here's the risk in that, in that right? Because what what some optimistic Phoenix fans will say is that, okay, well, if Phoenix offered the max like they could have he would have gotten more money and at five years. So Phoenix kind of saved some money here by only giving him the max at a lower uh, annual rate and only only at four years. So Phoenix kind of saved some, some cash there. But at the same time, it's like you're jeopardizing this relationship, right? He was, for, for I guess, in, in some eyes, like he was thrown under the bus after that game seven performance. And a lot of that falls on him, but a lot of that falls on the coach. Like there's a lot of blame to go around how that game seven fell apart. Um, but that relationship was strained right then and there. And mm-hmm. this situation made it even worse because apparently they didn't even offer him a contract. It's like they were just waiting for someone to offer and then they would jump in. It's just the whole mechanics around this and how it came about doesn't look good in the organization. And they're mm-hmm. not any better now than they were at the end of last season, which, by the way, still was a great regular season team and, and made some noise making the finals just two years ago. But at the same time, Chris Paul is older, and I don't know. I don't. I really don't know how how Aiton is not going to – it's not going to be awkward in that locker room with, with Aiton returning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, bringing this back to the Raptors, that basically says – or, you know, takes out – the Suns for now into consideration of trading for KD. Now, Adam, I want to ask you with all that being said, the, the possibility of KD coming to Toronto uh, or at his other, uh, you know, destination that he wants to go to Miami, or do you think he's staying put in Brooklyn out of all this news coming out so far? What do you think is the end result? So I'm going to give you a cheap answer. I think, um, What makes the most sense for Brooklyn would be to trade him. And the only possible destination that's going to give them a return that's going to be a quote-unquote good return, and this is not disparaging anything that's coming their way, is Toronto. Now, I I think that when you examine the situation from Miami, uh, I think you guys mentioned it last year, last week rather, they can't trade BAM. Right, because mm-hmm. uh, Ben Simmons is on Simmons the Nets, so that right. that will make sense. I don't know that the Nets are going to try to go through the hassle of trading a Ben Simmons because uh, I mean, I, from what they're asking for, Kitty, I, I think they're going to ask for uh, something slightly below 
that for Simmons, and I just don't think he's worth it. So I think he's staying put. Right. So I think Miami is is sort of scratched out. Um, there are rumors about the Pelicans. Um, I don't know how determined Kevin Durant would want to play for the Pelicans, and I also don't know if Marx's attitude is, I don't care where you want to play, I'm going to get it returned for you, which would be completely alpha, and I would love it, but I just don't, that's not how the <laughs> NBA operates, unfortunately. Right, um, right. So if if the rumors are true that he is open to the possibility of playing for Toronto, I do think Toronto offers uh, Brooklyn the best of the low ball quote unquote offers that they're going to receive. And if they don't want to head into training camp with a disgruntled Kevin Durant or an absent Kevin Durant, let's be honest, uh, Mm -hmm. they kind of have to pull the trigger. It doesn't look good for the organization. Now, what I think will happen is I think they are going to hold on to him and they're going to hedge their bets on there. They're going to call bluffs and they're going to try to dangle him at the trade deadline, but much to their detriment, they're going to do that because now, according to the executives that really wanted Kevin Durant now, today in the offseason, that price theoretically should be dropped. It should be costing them less because now you're getting Kevin Durant for three and a half years rather than four four full years Uh, so i don't know that it's going to be the smartest move but if i'm going to make a bet as to where he's going to be what organization he's going to be signed with still come the start of the season my money's on brooklyn yeah i i I fully agree with everything you said there um it's you're you're risking a lot like we were just talking about the risk that the the game the risky game that phoenix just played with with aiden this is much more magnified with with brooklyn right if they play the game of okay we're we're going to wait this out hope for a better offer you're risking a lot there right because the the longer this drags out the 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 lower their leverage is i'm speaking about sean marks of course Mm -hmm. so what you're looking at then is possibly worse trade ideas And, and this is the thing is toronto has no incentive to up the price they can keep the price just as is and still be fine because the raptors are in a win-win situation if they don't make any moves they have a great team another they're according to the continuity rankings they're the most continuous uh team in the league in terms of uh, returning starters and minutes and all that stuff so the continuity comes into play the addition of of Rico Hines comes into play in terms of player development. So the Raptors don't need to make this move. So they don't even have to add in a Scotty Barnes. They don't need to, you know, I don't know. I know we'll talk about trade ideas in just a second here, but like they don't need to make anything different about the offer that they currently have. So I would suggest that, you know, they, they stand pat. And if Brooklyn wants to, to call their bluff on it, then that's fine. Raptors are good either way. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, if, Heart of hearts, I do believe that Katie is going to stay with the Brooklyn Nets. I I feel like Katie is he he talks a lot of shit, but he backs it up. And at the end of the day, he just wants to play basketball. So if he's going to stay in Brooklyn, or if Sean Marks is going to make Katie stay in Brooklyn, I think he's going to play regardless. And then hopefully that his you know his trade value doesn't go lower than it already is now because to give up someone like KD is 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 going to be pretty ridiculous. Now, Adam, I got three trade scenarios for you for the Toronto Raptors, right? I know that, you know, there's a lot of uh, trade ideas or trade machines are going crazy at the moment, but I want to give you three realistic trade ideas for Katie for the Toronto Raptors. And I'll probably want to give you three ridiculous trade ideas (laughs) as well. So you have to tell me which one of the three for the realistic and ridiculous uh, you would choose to trade for KD and why are you ready for that? Yeah, go for it. All right. So I got a trade package number one. Would you trade for KD, Scotty Barnes, OG, Gary Trent Jr., two first-round draft picks? Trade package number two, Pascal Siakam, Precious Achua, Malachi Flynn, one first-round draft pick. Or trade package number three, Fred Van Vliet, OG, Cambridge, and three first-round draft picks. I've already made the numbers. All of them match up to just KD. Adam, which one would which trade package would you do to acquire KD? A lot of Raptors fans listening to this are going to hate me as a result, and uh, I apologize in advance. Please still subscribe to my show. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to say deuces to Pascal Siakam, and Ooh, uh, really, yeah. Um, here's why. Okay, give us a reason. 
under no circumstances am I trading Scotty Barnes. Under no yeah. circumstances is that going to happen. So that eliminates trade package number one. I don't care um, what the circumstances are surrounding uh, anybody else with Scotty Barnes. It's it's mostly because Scotty Barnes' salary doesn't even come close to matching Kevin Durant. So you have to include exactly. a lot of additional parts that's going to make the team worse mm-hmm. as a result, even if you do add Kevin Durant. So that's a non-starter for me. Um, okay. The the Fred Van Vliet package, I personally think giving up Fred Van Vliet, OG, and Kem is a lot of depth. It's kind of too much depth. Now, if it was just OG, Kem, and three first-round picks, I'm sure the salaries don't match, but theoretically, if that were to happen, I'd be okay with it. But in my mind, I'm saying you have to pick one, Marks. Pick one of OG, Fred, and Siakam, and then we'll work around them. Just pick one. And to me... When you add Pascal Siakam and you add in Achua, who, don't get me wrong, showed signs of life in the second half of the season, especially. I was very impressed with what he, the growth and the next step, quote unquote, that he took after the All-Star game um, because he was one of the most frustrating players I was watching in the beginning of the season. But when you throw in a pressure to Achua, to me, that's just the cost of doing business and a Malachi Flynn, whatever, and giving up just one first round pick, that to me of the three is the most attractive. And I know it hurts sacrificing, quote unquote, a Pascal Siakam, but you're getting getting Kevin Durant in return. So the drop-off, it probably won't even exist. If anything, your team is going to improve as a result. And it's mirroring the the Kawhi trade that, yes, it hurts to part with a Raptors legend, some a fabric of the fan, franchise for so long, but that's the cost of doing business. And now you have mm. Kevin Durant for four years and your title chances just increase significantly. You get to keep Fred, Scotty, and OG and add Kevin Durant? Are you kidding? No, I'm going trade package number two. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, this is the problem with being someone like KD who's asking for a trade request because if you're going to get traded to another team, they're going to have to give up something, something of significance in order to be on your team. So in this case, the Suns, I can't, is, they're, they're not going to give up Booker. Miami's not going to give up Jimmy Butler. And for us, we're not going to give up Scotty Barnes. Uh, if, in this case, if we were going to trade Pascal Siakam, uh, you're right. I, I, it's 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 hard to think that we would we would have to give up someone like Pascal, but you know what? That might be the like you said the the result of doing business. Jay, do you have a do you have a scenario or trade package that you would go with? Um, well, of the ones you gave, uh, I think that I would also actually no. Before I say this, I should preface this: if 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 I, if I offend anyone, I'd recommend you uh, subscribe to the South of the Six podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. if, if you don't agree with what I, I have to say, I uh, but yeah, I I would I I think. I came into this thinking, okay, I see what you've done here with the three packages, right? One has Scotty, one has Pascal, one has Fred, right? And right. my my stance has always been similar to Adam, right? Like Scotty's the most coveted part of this, right? I would not let him go. Um, so I would tend to agree with uh, with with Adam on trade package two with for Pascal, but I, I'll just throw a wrench in this and just say I'll, I'll do trade package four, and that is. Uh, trade package one, <laughs> but remove Scotty and throw in like filler because OG and Gary Trent is already better than any package that any other team can can offer, especially with Phoenix out of the yeah. picture. So why throw yeah. in Scotty Barnes? I guess this is the reason why I kept that package deal out because that has been floating around. OG, Gary, and a couple of uh, draft picks. I'd do that in a heartbeat for KD. The Nets will not. Mm-hmm. That's why I have all three of these to have someone of significance to that you have to give up because I think that's what the Nets are looking how for. How much okay, longer so, they hold off? Like they they need to shut them out. That's the big question. Like, I think you that's the to. that's the game of chicken that he's playing with Masai right now. It's it's this is the best one you've got. So you. If you don't yeah. take it, fine, but you're going to get worse. Bias aside, I really do think Toronto has the best package. Best assets, best trade assets, best draft picks and everything. I think Toronto has the best package for the Nets. Unless, unless, Jason, you have more ridiculous trade packages that are possibly I do. even better. I do. And these are the ones that the more particular ones that I'm more interested in what Adam was going to choose. Now, Adam. I got three ridiculous trade packages that you have to give up for KD. Trade package number one, you have to give up Masai Ujiri, and you need to change the name of the Scotiabank Arena to the Slim Reaper Arena. Trade package number two, you got to give up Superfan Naf Batia and also give up give back the 2019 championship. And trade package number three, 
you, Adam, have to start a South of New England podcast, a Boston Celtics related podcast. Which one would you choose out of the three packages to get KD? Oh, jeez. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Take one uh, for the team, Adam. Take one for the yeah. team. <laughs> Jay, I was going to say that because I'm not trading away Masai. I don't care about the arena name, Jay. Just go for it. If, if we can do that every year, that's fine. I don't care. Um, I, I I love Nav, and I'm not giving back our championship. That's just not because that means I have to give back all the, the merch that I have and the all replica the gear, ring. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. That's a, that's a large truck haul I don't right think you there. could resell that after if, if we were not champions. That's what right? I'm saying. Like, if I'm having a non-existent championship ring on my desk, what am I? Um, <laughs> and, and then I'm, I'm going to have to start. Now, you didn't, in your scenario, you didn't say what the content has to be. So I will start this Boston Celtics podcast, but it will be a bashing of the Celtics podcast. It will be oh, nothing but slander. Oh, yes. slander Boston Pals. Yes. Oh, man. I subscribe. Subscribe <laughs> and retweet and everything if I do that. Yes. Yes, it's a nice twist. I won't mention that in the negotiations, but I will say I will start this podcast as long as these uh, these parameters aren't ironed out saying it has to be positive. If they're just like start this podcast (laughs) done. And when I do, I'll be like, you didn't tell me I couldn't bash on them. I'm just going to bash them all day. Done. (laughs) Found the loophole. Found it. I love it. I love it. Honestly, I would be like, Adam, you got to take one for the team, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Even if it was a positive one, I just, I'm just more intrigued of what you would have to say as a Boston Celtics non-fan. Same. That'd be, a, that'd be fun to watch. Yeah. But listen, anyways. I would do it. And shouts, oh, shouts oh. to uh, to Nabatya. He just celebrated his birthday. Guys, if you had to guess, I'm going to put you on the spot here. How old do you think Nabatya okay. turned? 21. <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good guess. Um... I'm going to say 65. Real turned. guess? Yeah. Hold on, let me, let me give you a real guess. All right, all right. I thought that was your way. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be polite. I'm, I already, everyone's mad at me for trading Pascal anyway, so yeah. let's, just, let's just pile it on. Uh, 68. Wow, you guys are good, man. I had him at like late 50s. He turned 70. Boom. Whoa. Wow, you, you guys are good. He, he, he obviously good, it's it's his energy, right? He looks younger and yeah. acts a lot yeah. younger, or whatever. But yeah, he's seventy. Happy nice. birthday! Bro. I feel like happy birthday to the Hall of Fame. All the time, yes, yeah. If being being positive all the time will will give you good health. Yes, that's what I think. Yes, you know. All right, so I I love I love all this uh, trade package ideas. Again, there's you know I'm time stepping this. We're recording this on a Friday afternoon, seven or uh, on uh, July fifteenth. And nothing has happened yet, but I wanted to, you know, go through the packages, see what would give, you know, give Masai some ideas. But again, I don't think I'm going to trade Masai or or Nafatia. We're looking forward to south of New England next season. Okay, let's take a break real quick and we'll come back and we'll, you know, let's let's get into uh, Jay's bird talking (laughs) uh, a little bit of Blue Jay's talk. Right. We'll talk to you guys. Welcome back to That's Rep Podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. In the beginning of the episode, we were talking to, or we are still talking to, Adam Corsair from South of the Six. Again, we want to, we appreciate your time, Adam. Uh, you know what? Real quick, I'm going to throw off that question uh, at, at, at the start. I know we were going to scratch that, but if you did have a basketball, uh, like a meme, a video clip, a, a GIF, you would say that like kind of lives rent free in your head. Do you have one that just like replays over and over again in your head, Adam? Oh. Yeah. Um, you do? <laughs> I mean, I can, it, I can give you one to start if you if you want me to get the ball rolling. Uh, I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I got, you know, the one where Bradley Beal, when someone says, Bradley Beal, you suck. And Bradley Beal was like, I suck. And then he kind of gives like a tilted, yeah. like his hands on the sh- on his waist and tilts his face. Yeah, that's, that that sticks with me. That sticks with me a lot. Also, when, when Jimmy Butler is driving with like Nando, 
uh, I forgot his real name, but we're not. I forgot his full name. He's he's driving like a F1 car, and then Jimmy Butler is like, "Man, you driving, driving." That lives in my head, rent free, man. What about you? What about you, Adam? Um, I would have to say it's not a negative thing, but it just I always think about it when something awesome happens. I think about the yeah. Dame buzzer beater, and he just has a blank stare on his face, and they. Oh yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. And I just think about it, I'm like, man, if I could be that cold when something yeah. awesome happens because usually i can't keep my composure like if my daughter accomplishes yeah. something you know to, to to the real world it's just minuscule but to me it's monumental it's the best thing ever i'll jump up and 100%. down and scream but i should just be like <laughs> staring at the camera that doesn't exist and just like yeah yeah no right, big deal. right. nbd <laughs> That's a, that's such a good. Or you can you can train your your kids to do the same thing. When they do something monumental, they'll just stare at you. Yeah, yeah. You know that that that's what I think. That's Jay, it. what about you, man? Do you have a do you have a meme or or a gif that that lives rent free in your head? Uh, I, I similar in terms of Jimmy Butler, but different gif. Uh, it's the one where I think he's sitting on the bench. He's in street clothes, and someone he's looking at a piece of paper. He just crumbles it and throws it in the air. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that one, mm-hmm. but. I think of that whenever I see bad takes and uh, there are, there are lots of them out there. So that one always pops up in my head. That one and the, the, the Nick Young uh, three point shot. Oh yeah. Turns around and yeah. Oh and yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yes. Oh, oh dear Lord. Okay. So I love that. Let Raptors fans, let us know if you have a GIF or video clip that, you know, just lives rent free. Just whenever, whatever happens, you just can't stop think, thinking about that GIF. Uh, Adam, I know we've been talking about a lot of, about the Raptors and a lot about basketball, but you also do another podcast talking about the, your Toronto Blue Jays. I have to ask you, man, I know that the Jays aren't doing the best right now, um, but was it necessary in your mind that they fired uh, Charlie Montoya? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, I, you know what, but preface to say, I remember having you on, uh, we did a a segment called that's a raptorial where like I had guests on talking about other sports and giving us a tutorial of how to play those sports. Had you on to talk about baseball and about the Jays. And I asked you about Charlie Montoya too. And you said he's probably just a filler for the next one. Yeah. Bridge manager is what I've been mm. uh, describing him as ever since he got signed. Now, look, this isn't anything personal against Charlie Montoyo. I think he's probably a really cool guy. You know, we never know how people really are. We just know how they, you know, present themselves. But I have no reason to believe that he's a bad person at all or, or a bad baseball mind. I'm sure his mm-hmm. IQ is is very high when it comes to the game. It kind of has to be in order to level up that much in within the organization, especially coming from a Tampa Bay Rays squad. Uh, being a coach there and they don't just take anybody off the street they 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 know their baseball they're they're well-run organization um but when it comes to being a manager um there are certain things at least for me that i have my expectations for um you defend your players you go to bat for your players you know no pun intended um and you you just you bring the passion for your players i don't know that he necessarily had that i don't know that he necessarily had that sort of uh, light a fire under your ass kind of mentality for the team. Now, I know baseball is kind of a different game. It's a long grind. It's not like football or basketball where you, you, you try to get you know motivational speeches from your coach and stuff. That doesn't necessarily happen in baseball because, it's, again, it's such a long, slow-paced game. However, right. um, and this really sealed the deal for me, um, there was an incident last year where we had Robbie Ray on the mound. Now, this is a perennial Cy Young Award Winner. He was just about to win the Cy Young, and he was pitching lights out that entire season. Okay. Um, and he's on the mound, and the Orioles, who were absolute trash last year, um, their manager was just yelling at Robbie Ray, chirping at him, trying to distract him, like just for no reason, unprovoked, just screaming at him. And Charlie is just sitting there, just sitting <laughs> there on the mound, saying nothing, doing nothing. And to me, that was it. I and was, he, and he's he was aware of that too. Oh yeah. He's watching it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because you had the bench coaches for the Blue Jays. So you had the pitching coach Pete Walker, um, and the bench coach Schneider at the at the rails screaming back, um, oh. and Montoya's just doing nothing. He's doing nothing. And to me, that's just you. You have to go to bat for your for your players. You have to right. try to go out there at least say knock it off or get in. I don't want to say get into an altercation because that's kind of toxic. But you got to do something, and you don't right. stand up for your side. This is your ace. This is the ace of your staff, right. and you're doing nothing. No, 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 no. To me, that just sealed the deal. And 
I, I ever since then I said he lacks heart, he lacks passion at least on the outside for the game, and I expect a little bit more from my managers for the Jays. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, uh, the new manager Snyder, who has gone up through the system, now he's been coaching Vladdy in AAA Buffalo. He's coached Bo in AAA Buffalo, so there's familiarity within the system, and hopefully he can resonate with the players a little bit better. Um, and I'm not sure if he's it, the guy long term. Is it kind of an is it kind of a Nick Nurse situation? Um, I I don't I don't know. It would be great if it was. I don't think necessarily that Schneider is going to lead them to a championship this year, but there's a lot of wasted potential that I think Montoyo uh, exacerbated a little bit and didn't do the team any favors with his lineup choices, um, his bullpen choices, which is all the responsibility of the manager. And the players were not quiet, if you read between the lines, about the decision. They would say things like, we think that this was the best decision, um, when talking about Charlie's attitude, they would make sort of low key. You had to squint really hard to read it, um, what they were saying, mm-hmm. but they would say things like, yeah, I think this, this coach is the better manager for the job, things like that. So there was obviously yeah. dysfunction within the clubhouse and hopefully, um, this sort of mitigates those issues going forward. Didn't, uh, Schneider win, uh, win a championship with, in the minors with the, sure with a few of these Jays? Yep. Sure did. There you go. Yeah. He's, a, he's already a champion. Yeah. And, and also, like, I was trying to think of an example, like, similar to what your 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 example about the, the whole Robbie Ray thing. And and there is no equivalent to that if I'm comparing that and bringing it back to the Raptors, right? Like, if you think of any Raptor getting fouled even or chirped, Nick Nurse is coming to bat for all of them, right? He's chirping at mm-hmm. the refs. He gets more text than anyone else, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I can't imagine a scenario where, you know, Fred Van Vliet gets knocked to the ground and Nick Nurse isn't standing up for his guy. So... Yeah, it sounds like it's been the right decision for for the Jays, and hopefully things turn around. I don't know. I don't quite know the standings of the of the Jays at the moment. They're in the playoffs. Well, they're going. right on the cusp of the playoffs still. This is the, I guess, this is the other the other part of it. Um, actually, Jason, I'll let you ask your question. No, well, it, it was more like I, I'm going to one. I'm going to the game tomorrow, so I'm actually very excited. Oh, nice. <laughs> Two, yeah, the ulterior motive <laughs> for the Jays questions. <laughs> yeah, really, it's it's just for my own benefit. Sure. I, I I know that there is a whole different uh, system when it comes to the playoffs, uh, and and Jays are searching for that wild card. Um, Adam, the outcome or the is there a positive outlook when it comes to the Jays making the playoffs, or do you think this is downhill from here? They're still in it. Right, so the the wild card has been expanded now, and the playoff race has been expanded. So they are in it. They are no way, in no way, they are. The the division is out of the question. It's just not going to happen. Right, Tampa okay. Bay Rays right now are in second place behind the first place New York Yankees, and they're thirteen games behind. There is no way that any of these teams are going to catch up to the Yankees. The Yankees are unfortunately the best team in baseball. Period. End of story. The Yankees right. can go five hundred for the rest of the season and still win over a hundred games. That's how great they are, and they can go five hundred for the rest of the season and still win the division despite what the rest of the teams do. So they have a substantial sort of meteoric uh, lead for the AL East. And um, the Jays' best hope is a wild card. I still think they're capable of getting there. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that their pitching has been so disappointed, disappointing, rather, and there have been injuries mounting up that they have to make moves at the deadline. They have to be aggressive at the deadline. And I'm at the point where, similar to back in 2015, I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but um, when Anthopolis just emptied the cupboards of the farm system to get a Troy Tulowitzki, to get a David Price, to push them to the ALCS, that was the whole bat flip year and everything. Um, the mm-hmm. front office now has to do the same thing. They can't be worried about prospect capital. They ha- To me, trade them all. Trade every single prospect we have if it means getting it. <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. If it means we are going to win a championship this year and we're in for another 40 years, 30 years of terrible baseball, sign me up right now. Yeah, and Damn. there's a couple of things that you touched there that I, I just got to address. Uh, number one, okay. love Anthopolis because guess what? I don't know if I mentioned this before to you, Adam, but I have been a hardcore Braves fan since I was a kid. So I'm very happy with that Anthopolis came up because it gave me an excuse to ask my question, which was, do you think the Braves can repeat? That's tough because the Dodgers are so good. Um, And uh, 
I'll say, do I think they could? Yes, I think they they could. But they're in a division right now with the Mets who are playing so well. The Dodgers are good. The Brewers are good. It's going to be tough, but I don't know that last year everyone had the Braves on the radar to go all the way. So if it's an under-the-radar kind of team, or I shouldn't say under-the-radar because they were still really good, but if it was sort of a sneak attack kind of team to win it all, yeah, you could certainly pencil in the Braves there too. The thing is, is that that whole league, the National League, is so stacked with talent that they have a tough hill to climb. Whereas in the American League, really, it's the Yankees and everybody else. <laughs> so, it is. It really is. Yes. And that's why, like, with the Jays struggling as they are, they're still sitting on the cusp of a wild card spot. I can't remember if they're tied for the last one or they're just outside of it, but there's still a ton of, like you've already mentioned, this, there's a ton of time turnaround for. You know, and I'm going to bring one more Braves reference into this. The Braves were sitting at 500 at the All-Star break last year, right? And they turned things around the deadline, and next thing you know, they're the champion. So uh, I'm not saying that that's exactly what's going to happen with the Jays, but there is still a ton of time for things to turn around. Um, but yeah, thanks for indulging us with some some baseball talk here. Jason, did you have any more uh, baseball questions, or are we going to get back no, to that? No, no, I, I, I wanted to... Uh, so I... Basically, I'm just more excited for for the Jays to be good, and in seeing that they were sliding just a bit, I, I needed to hear some positive reinforcement when it comes to Adam. But let's let's wrap this up real quick, Adam. Uh, if you if um, what we do at the end of the episode, we normally talk about obviously we talk about basketball, but we want to uh, talk about things that we also enjoy outside of basketball. So we'd like to give uh, our listeners a weekly recommend. It could either be a movie, a TV show, uh, music, whatever it is that you've been listening to or doing or or been really elaborate with uh, throughout the week and you want to share it uh, with the world. So do you have a weekly recommend that you can share with our listeners? Oh, man, I have a ton. Um I'll go the low-hanging fruit. Uh, so a lot of people might not know this about me. I am a huge prog rock fan. Like I just love anything prog rock. And um, the 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 old man in me, uh, Porcupine Tree just released a new album. I think it was two weeks ago. It is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. It's not for everyone. All right. It's it's a it's a slow listen. But Porcupine to, Tree, that's Porcupine the, that's the Tree, name? yeah, Porcupine Tree. I, I, um, I their new album, Closure Continuation, is just to me, it's phenomenal. Um, so if you're a fan of prog rock, if you don't mind songs that exceed seven, eight minutes, we're talking like 10 minute songs, um, it's a, it's a really good listen. And to me, it's just, it's brilliant. So, uh, if, if anybody out there likes, you know, progressive rock, metal, similar to, I don't know, Tool. Um, similar to Rush, similar to, for the Canadian fans, Rush, um, similar to, I don't know, who else is a prog rock band? I don't know, Mastodon, anything like that, Opeth. Um, if you're into that, Porcupine Tree is right up your alley, so I recommend that. I, I, this is why I wish that Dre was here, because I feel like he would know who Porcupine Tree is. I've never heard he of might. them. I referenced, uh, referenced them at, at your uh, While She's Napping podcast, so mm -hmm. uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to them, but you know what? I, I think I might. What about you, Jay? Do you have a weekly recommend? Uh, you need to buy me more time. I, I was uh, okay. had a couple of mine, but I'm not sure if I like recommending any of this. But uh, do you have do you have one, Jason? To buy me some more time? I do. I actually have been quite. Um, uh, I, I I've been. I started listening to Radiohead again. Nice. I've never been like a really big fan of them to be honest, but then they're they're most not most recent well i know that they had one in like 2016 but my favorite album so far is in rainbows and that could just be because i don't listen to rate old radiohead so i've been really listening really into uh in rainbows and their most latest one i think a uh, moon shape or moon shaped circle or something like that but radiohead has been pool. really up yeah. there for me moon shaped pool yeah i appreciate that yeah, yeah. No so yeah. so i've been really really into radiohead lately that would be my weekly recommend what about you jay uh, my weekly recommend is actually a bit odd. I have to explain it. It's Westworld. So, uh, so when, oh, Westworld when Westworld really came out, I was blown away by that by that uh, by that first season. I thought it was amazing, but uh, the end of season two, all of season three was trash in my mind. So I was really not <laughs> looking forward to this. I really thought the for all intents and purposes they should just end it. And then when season four came out, I was like, I'm not interested. So I would binge other things. Whereas usually I would have been, that would have been the first thing on my docket, but I just kept putting it off and putting it off. And I got to say, I am very surprised at how good it's been so far. 
three episodes nice. in. Um, so if you fell off the Westworld bandwagon like I did after season three, season four, at least over these first three episodes, uh, has picked it up. So that's my weekly recommend. Nice. Those are that's another show I need to watch. I need to watch that Westworld, and I need to watch The Boys. I heard The Boys is oh, really the Boys good. is solid. The Boys is good. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I might have to get it. So, so check out Book Pine Tree, uh, any uh, old radio ahead, and of course, uh, Westworld. Adam, again, I appreciate you so much for coming on. That's a wrap podcast. Uh, I don't, I don't care what you think about it, but to us, you are a legend in <laughs> the Raptors podcast and Twitter sphere. So. I know whoever listens to us knows who you are, but to to the people who don't, please tell the listeners where they can find you, brother. Sure. Before I do that, I just wanted to say thank you guys for having me on. This has been refreshing. I have been absent from the game, as we've discussed, for two years now, and coming back and doing this is sort of seamless. And you guys made this process yeah, uh, a whole lot easier for me. So I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the shout out. I appreciate the you know, the support and the um, the unyielding support, I should say, because you guys stuck with me. And uh, a lot of you guys on Twitter that are listening have stuck with me too. So I really appreciate that. It means the world to me. Um, you can find the me on Twitter at Adam Corsair, um, C-O-R-S-A-I-R. You can find the podcast uh, Twitter that I run at South of the Six. That is the number six I-X at the end, as all the cool kids in Toronto spell it. Uh, please subscribe to the show on whatever <laughs> podcast platform you listen to this on. Um, we are there. It's spelled the same way. My co-host Connor Chambers and I. Connor pretty much drives the show. He's the man. He is a joy to listen to and talk to. So if you guys aren't familiar with Connor, yeah, please uh, hit up Connor Chambers too. And uh, I, I really appreciate it. We we had a lot of success off the first episode. I think we hit 14 on the charts last uh, last week as a result. So I really appreciate it, guys. And I, I hope we get to do this again. You guys have to hop on our show. You know, we we, ex- we do the foreign exchange here. And, and it's only a matter of time before you guys hop on South of the Six. So I really appreciate yeah. this, guys. Thank you. You know it, man. You know, and we'll definitely have Connor on our podcast too, man. So we can't wait to be on the South of the Six show podcast. Jay, uh, where can they find you, brother? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rosalisaurus. Uh, you can find my children screaming in the background. And uh, I think the foreign <laughs> exchange is uh, not so good for, for Canada right now. So I think if we were to hop on your show, you'd probably need to take on more than one of us. So nah, just to nah. even things that, out. Salaries don't, don't, it's all don't, relative. don't quite match. match. They don't quite match. Yeah. Uh, nah, so. It's subjective. It's all good. <laughs> I feel like Adam Adam is the KD in this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the OG. You know, Jason, yeah, yeah. Theory Trend Jr. Like, well, well, we yeah. can make this work. We can make this work. We'll make this work. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Um, you can find uh, any of my writing, which I've done nothing of recently other than this podcast on Raptors HQ. Um, but that's it. I, I'm going to be away for the next week and be in Vancouver. So we might not uh, get a podcast, at least the post up for next week. Um, TBD, if there's actually a podcast that, that Jason and Dre end up doing. Um, but then I'll be back uh, the following week and hopefully get some uh, off-season coverage up on Raptors HQ. But that's where you can find me. Love it. Love it. And you can find all of us at That's Rad Podcast again. Adam, you're the best, brother. Until next time, that's a wrap. <laughs>